the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday show. That means it's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you are listening to the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions. Maybe today, because Paul is here, relationship questions, anything and everything that's on your heart or mind, we'll do the best that we can to provide answer. Paula, you can't see her. But in the studio, she's looking particularly brilliant today. Oh, dear. So if you've got <laughs> tough questions... I better bring it, Bring huh? them on. 210-340-9585 is our number. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can send them in via our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Use the hands-free feature, and you'll be able to be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, baby. I like Thursdays because you get to be on the show, mm-hmm. but I can say welcome to the show when really I've been hanging out with you almost the whole day. Pretty much, huh? Just for a couple of hours, I took off. And after here, we just sing them and... Uh, your computer so you could get your questions in order, but I'm right back by your side. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's on your heart today? Well, you know, I was listening to the show. Of course, I always do. But let me, before that, before that, let's ask the radio listening audience to please, please pray, because tomorrow morning, really early, seniors and a lot of the parents are going on the senior trip, and for whatever reason... They're going to this ranch, I guess it is, and they they work out helping the ranch um, with any any work that needs to be done, but they also go hunting. And for the last couple of years... And they sleep in tents on the ground. Yes, and it's very cold this time of year out there. Um, they have killed a deer, 
and they love showing these pictures of not only the deer just like duh hanging there, but them skinning it, you know. And they eat the meat. Dressing it, yes. Uh huh. And they they eat the meat too. Mm -hmm. Well, that would make sense, but oh my goodness. So uh, that the hunting and the killing requires gun and bullets. So please pray for our people that they all come back safely <laughs> and nobody else but that deer is skinned. Actually, there's a, 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 <laughs> one of our teachers, his family has a, um, a sort of a retreat out in the woods somewhere. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe nature outdoors. Mm -hmm. But uh, they've been taking the seniors out there for probably 10 years now. Is it? Yeah, and and uh, the kids absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And um, not my idea of a senior trip. Yeah, no. And, no, no. and be, being a senior, I should know those things. <laughs> but uh, they have a great time. They'll be gone from um, tomorrow morning until next Tuesday. So they won't be with us this weekend. It's just one of those times when uh, seniors and the class always really, really comes back uh, so tightly knit together yeah. and so bonded. It's a really neat thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Pastor Ken in May. Oh. I mean, Pastor Ken, but in May. What? <laughs> well, two of those things doesn't belong there. <laughs> Ken is smart, but, but May is brilliant. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, why would they say yes to such a thing? It only could be Caleb, their son, who's a senior. It, that's the only... That's it. I, I, I don't get it. I would just say, son, I love you. Here's a kiss. Uh -huh. See you Tuesday. Yeah, be good. Be <laughs> careful. I'll see you later. That's, that's exactly right. Okay, so yesterday as I was listening to the show, a, a question came in, um, and your, one, part of your answer was, and I can't remember, oh, oh about uh, is there just one person? Sort of a soulmate. Yeah. idea that yeah. we Christians misunderstand completely. Uh -huh. And, of course, you know, I'm hoping... But maybe you're my soulmate. You know who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from the very beginning, before the foundation of the earth, the Lord knew you and I were <laughs> going to be together, but he didn't, you know, put us together. It just, it just happened. Anyway, I love your answer because whether uh, that person's been married one time, two times, and we have several people who we know have been married... They're in their fifth marriage. Um, the one you're married to right now is the one you're supposed to be married to. So stop shopping in your mind. Pretty much that's what you kind of was saying. Stop shopping in your mind or, you know, um, maybe hoping this one will go away, like I used to pray, and God will bring you someone else who you think would better suit you. The problem... Yeah, you know, with this particular questioner, we, we don't know whether he or she... Uh, was unmarried and sort of holding on and waiting, or maybe they were married and some discontent mm -hmm. has settled in. Mm -hmm. um, but but the idea is when you say yes, when you say I do, that's your one for life. That's right. And that's the one God has given you the assignment to represent Him before, whether it's the husband or the wife. Uh, it is a, a relationship that is supposed to be for life. And when we Christians mess that up, there's always consequences to yeah. that. That's the thing. And so, um, you know, I've I been reading in Proverbs chapter 3, babe, and, and uh, in verse 3, well, let me read verses 1 through 3. It says, my child, and I'm in the New Living Translation because I got a new Bible, you know. <laughs> 
some of the people in the audience know I needed a new Bible. Well, I got it. It's a it's a NLT, and it has my it's a brown one, real leather, and it has my name on it. <laughs> on, the, on the front, it's all, it's really neat. But anyway, it says, um, Proverbs 3, verses 1, first 1. My child, and that's Jesus talking, you know. I don't remember that being like that in in the New King James Bible. It's not, the, the word is my son. My son. This is a father to a son, and yet uh, some of the newer translations are making it uh, more gender neutral. Yeah, so that's what yeah. the NLT oh, is. Okay. Done. So, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be satisfying. Here's the here's the verse. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. You know. Uh, you also prayed as for prayer for us because we're going to be doing a marriage um, retreat in January. Well, if we married people will take verse 3 to heart, never let loyalty and kindness leave you one to each other, um, we will we will have fine we will find favor with both God and people and earn a good reputation. Too many of us as Christians, when we are not loyal and we are unkind to our spouse, the world is watching. And um, we get a bad reputation and we're, we misrepresent the Lord. On the other hand, when we let loyalty and kindness stay with us, um, people are watching our marriages, and God is pleased, and people will say, wow, I want a marriage like that, you know. Um, what, what, like we get asked all the time, how have you guys been able to stay together so long, and you, you seem like you're newlyweds. We had somebody ask us if we were newlyweds. No, we just really kind of try to work on our marriage. I, I, I call you my boyfriend about half the time. Um, I'm always looking for you at church to, you know, hey, anybody see my boyfriend? I dropped him off at the back door and I'm looking for him to come out. Have you anybody, <laughs> you know, has anybody seen him? But just to remain loyal and, and work on being kind. We have the Holy Spirit and so I really believe that this is kind of my, maybe my new thing that the Lord is saying, I want you to talk about this um, wherever you go and remember this for yourself daily, Paula, um, to loyalty and kindness, especially with you, Ron, but with, with all people. Um, I want to be loyal to the Lord, and it's His kindness living in me, even for those people that might be opponents. Um, that it's his kindness that leads to repentance. So I want to be loyal and kind. Yeah, let's talk about the, the, the loyalty for a moment. The, the NIV uh, and some of the other translations translates it uh, faithfulness. Uh, the King James says truth rather than loyalty. But the idea is, is we have to be faithful to the commitments that we make. Uh, in so doing, we're being loyal to God. We have to be loyal to one another. Uh, I think, Paula, that, that part of the problem in, in marriages that we see so often is that people um, who are not happy, um, they, they begin to think that, well, well, God wants me to be happy and you're not meeting my needs or you're not making me happy anymore. 
um, you know, relationships take work, just like our relationship with Jesus. The, the, the letter Jesus wrote to the church at Ephesus, you have left your first love. Mm -hmm. um, we do that in a marriage relationship as well. That's why marriage is such a great metaphor for our relationship with Christ. It's the primary example of the union Jesus intends to have with us. It's the closest thing on earth to that kind of a relationship uh, marriage is. And, and when we let love or kindness, and I, I, um, I love the word kindness. You know, I use it a lot. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says love is kind. Um, we need to remember those things. And when we're not behaving in kindness, regardless of what somebody else is doing, when we're not being kind, then we're the ones who are dropping the ball. We're the ones who are being disloyal to the promises that we made to God. And you know, we live in a, in a culture where marriage is sort of a throwaway thing and divorce is so easy. Sadly, uh, the same thing is true even in the church. Uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, it's not uncommon to find people who've been married multiple times and the relationships keep crumbling because the, 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 the loyalty to God has been absent in all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and the church is just, it's, it's something that we encounter so often, the church has just sort of turned a blind eye to it. And um, the consequences that never stop, frankly, never stop. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. You, you fall in love and you've got all goosebumpy again. Uh, eventually, they go away because the issues of your loyalty to God, mm -hmm. uh, your faithfulness, haven't yet been dealt with. You know, I want people to be happy. And as a pastor, and you and I do marriage conferences that uh, around the country that we've been asked to do. And, you know, we want people to be happy. Mm -hmm. But there is no happiness apart from loyalty to the calling of God. There's no happiness apart from first um, keeping your promise in good times and in bad. Every wedding vow that I know uh, uses that very phrase, in good times or bad. And um, uh, if we're honest, a lot of us would say, well, no, I can only promise in good times. Mm -hmm. And the result is broken families. The result then is blended families. Then those families get fractured because mm -hmm. we're not faithful to God. Mm -hmm. um, and then this proverb, which is famous for two other verses, yeah. um, um, we kind of just forget all of this. Um, God is the one who sustains relationships. And our obedience to him is required to enable him to do that. And when we are disobedient, the relationships just end. Yep, they surely do. Um, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, when, when, as you and I are aging, you know, think about a wheel. And I'm aging, you're not. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe mine doesn't. Well, no, we are aging. <laughs> yeah, I, we heard a thing on the radio today. I just thought I would mention this, where this man is actually 69, but he has the body of a 45-year-old. Or so he claims. So he claims. Yeah. So somebody told him, and so he's, I want to believe that. You know, he wants to believe that. And so, because you can be whatever you want, you know, I'm really a black woman for those of you who can't see me. But in our world now, if I want to be any color I want to be, it should be okay. We're saying yes to everything. Well, anyway, this guy is saying since he feels like he's 45 and everything else is going, 
he will, he there should be a law that says he can be 45. Yeah, and, and let me warn our audience here. That was on a discussion. The context was a discussion about dating apps. <laughs> so what he was doing, the 69-year-old man was on his dating apps indicating his age was 45, and he said, well, if men can become women and women become men, there's no reason that I can't become a 45-year-old man. Yeah. And can you imagine the surprise? For the benefits that he will get, that's what he said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's going to be a shocker, right? Oh, my goodness. So what I was thinking about with, with you and I as we're aging and, you know, with our will, we have, we've been together forever. And so we have two sons. So whatever we have, we are going to be dividing it, some to Ronnie and some to Terry. For all the other people that have multiple, what you just described, multiple marriages, multiple divorces, how many kids and grandkids are from all of that, you talk about some serious consequences of not being faithful to God. What a mess all that produces the anger the bitterness what's mine what's not mine he's really my daddy not yours i mean all of that we praise the lord are not in that situation i feel sad for people who are um in some cases people have died that's that's a completely different thing um people have uh, been used and abused that's a completely different thing but just the Serial, married, divorced people. Wow. There's before, not before been loyalty phone, and kindness there. Paula, before we go to a phone call, uh, we, we know people who are on second, third marriages uh, where the new wife won't let the husband have anything to do with his kids from other wives. Yeah. And, and, and the friction, the damage it's done psychologically. And it's all because we're not loyal to God. That's right. Let's take a break. We'll take a phone call. Let's go to San Antonio and talk with Art on line one. Art, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Oh, Art hung up. We lost him. Uh, sorry, we, Art. We made him way too long. Mm -hmm. Art, we'll take your call if you want to call back in as soon as, as, soon as it comes back through. Okay. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, hanging in there. Um, that, that scripture that says, for the joy set before him, he endured the agony of the cross. He wanted to marry us so badly. He hung on that cross, um, scorning its shame, so that, I mean, he endured. And th there's hardly anything in our marriage. I mean, I used to want you dead, of course, but and people know that. Well, most of them know that. But Jesus loved you so much, and me too, that he said, don't think like that. You be loyal to me. I'm working a work here. Um, stop being impatient. Stop being self-centered and selfish. And um, see with my eyes and love with my heart. And see, when we get ourselves, when we can get ourselves, and we can get ourselves out of the way if we choose to be loyal to Jesus, um, and then he's loyal and kind back to us. Because even on those really hard days, I knew he was right there. And he was saying, just hang in there one more day. He had to say that for a long time, but just hang in there one more day. He was testing me to see if I will be loyal to him and kind to you. Um, and, and to... For our kids and our grandkids, um, they have been able to not only watch but benefit from seeing the power of God work. And in so many uh, cases, 
and and I'm I am I mean God was a faithful one to hold me but if we would resolve to say okay I'm gonna do this just for you Jesus and nobody else because I'm not doing this for me that's why you tell him I'm not doing this for me this is totally for you because you died on the cross for me that's the least I could do and so every day I would stay and I would stay and I would stay and Paul talk, talk about with this for me um, you know we, we run into a lot of marriages where um, and I'll just use the husband as opposed to the wife the husband being the jerk in this instance but um, you know uh, the husband is is difficult to be around he's inconsistent in his walk with the Lord um, um, he makes life really hard for his wife and children and then when um, um, things get hard and finally she can't take it anymore he's well, well she shouldn't divorce me she's not supposed to divorce my answer is well, well you're not supposed to do all those things you've been doing either mm -hmm. so let's talk about it Let, Art did call back so let's okay. get Art online and we'll come back to this so remind me where Art, Art thanks for calling back you're on the air <laughs> yeah sorry about that Pastor Ron it's okay uh, yes, um, uh, I was lately in the news. You've been hearing a lot about UFOs, this UFOs uh, sighting. Um, do you think there's a life in other places, or is it just like demon activities, or what do, what do you think it is? Art, absolutely no, there isn't life on other planets. Uh, we have been formed uniquely. Um, we have been created in the image of God. Uh, if there is uh, things that are sighting, we, we humans have um, big imaginations and we see things and we want explanations for things and we're hypersensitive to suggestion. Uh, that's why all the talk and, and um, I don't discount the fact that demons are involved in it, uh, trying to get us to look anywhere but up at Jesus. But uh, I can say unequivocally that there is no life on other planets, um, that Jesus died for the sins of the world that's the world that we live in uh, and if we go into outer space and we went far enough we'd find the abode of God the Apostle Paul writes about it in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 uh, but art um, the, the the fanciful idea I, I use this as an illustration all the time in teaching you know people think we're crazy just last Friday night in the book of Acts um, uh, Festus said Paul your great learning learning is driving you insane <laughs> Otherwise, he's, you're crazy for believing in the resurrection of the dead. Um, we live in a world where we talk about Jesus and people think we're crazy, and then they'll talk about life on other planets that there's absolutely no evidence for whatsoever. And uh, it, is, it is really disheartening to me that the people in this world so want to reject God, the truth that is verifiable. They want to reject God because God demands that we live holy lives that they'll come up with all these other things and it's just the hardness of heart uh, God giving us over to our own hearts and we're looking art really for um, any alternative uh, but no there isn't life on other planets we can't handle the life that we've got <laughs> Art, thanks for calling and I, I really do appreciate you calling back thank you yeah. thank you sir bye-bye yeah. uh, Art God bless you yeah. Uh, Paula, we've only got four minutes left okay. in this half of the program. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about last night's Bible study, so we'll do that in the second half. Uh -huh. um, but um, in that scenario, um, when a husband has been told by the wife that they're divorcing or she's leaving him, well, she shouldn't do that. You're Christians. You can't do that. 
why is it that, that all we can do is see the other person's behavior? I can't tell you how many men over the years I've sat in this office and said, but wait a minute, you're not supposed to have been doing all those things you've been doing for years. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between you and her? Mm -hmm. And and the answer is, well, but, but now I want to get right with God because now there's a consequence. And that happens way too often. It happens through, both ways. Through both both ways throughout their whole marriage. I mean, it's not, it just, it's like, okay, we're good for a minute and then blow up and then, then okay, I'm going to be right. And then it just goes over and over and over again. So what what do you do in that situation, right? That's what you're asking me? Yeah. What, what's your, how would you respond? Yeah, I, I would say... Um, get your focus off the other person, but they don't seem to want to do that. Um, but God always would have me to serve other people um, and and really draw closer to him than ever. You know, you were not a very nice person. Um, and yet the Lord gave me his heart for you. Um, and, and, you know, praise God that you change, but Ron, some people just don't change, and we don't know the 100%. I was talking to somebody the other day, I don't know the 100%. I just know that if you don't have grounds, the consequences are going to follow you forever. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would just continually yeah. pray and say, you need to ask the Lord to direct, like, like... Yeah, but see, in a case like that, Paul, you don't have to ask the Lord. If you don't have grounds, you don't have grounds. If you don't have grounds, you don't have grounds, yes. we, ju we just get tired of it. Yeah. And so what we do is we give up. Yeah. And the whole idea is that we're to stand... Paul was able to hear Jesus say, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, true. And, and Paul wasn't married, but he was talking about a, a physical condition he had. Yeah, yeah. But, but God's grace is sufficient. And until we learn that and accept it, that God can never bless. Mm -hmm. He can never pour out the joy that he wants, the fullness of life that he wants. Mm -hmm. And I can promise, we're inside a minute now, I can promise everybody in this audience is going through a difficult marriage, that if you do your part, God will be free to work on your spouse. Amen. And if, if God works on your spouse, then and only then will your spouse change. Yeah. But if you won't do your part, yeah, true. God's going to be working on you. Yeah. We've got 30 minutes left. We'd love your live calls and questions at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. You're listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. This is the Date Day Edition with the prettiest girl in Texas. We will be back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program, the date, the edition of the show, 340-9585 for your questions or calls. Paula, what's next? You get that look in your eye. Yeah, because when I'm at home and I'm listening to you, you know, um, just now, because I see your face as you're doing this, you got this smile, and you can just hear your, you know, your joy over the airwaves. And so I'm just sitting here looking at your face, how you you come back on the air. It's it's cute. So anyway, after all, it's the face of a 45 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna join. I don't know what Tinder is. 
Yeah. But, right. but this guy was suing Tinder. Okay. So whatever Tinder is, okay. if he wins, I'm joining Tinder. Me too. And be 45. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm going to be 43. <laughs> <laughs> you got that, did you? Hey, um... Uh, we won't be we won't be here on Thanksgiving Thursday, but this was one of my um, my suggestions from I think I did last year too mm -hmm. um, to start thinking about you know not just what you're going to eat on Thanksgiving and who's going to be there or not be there, um, but start thinking about the many reasons to give thanks. You know, yesterday I was at lunch with a lady and I started thinking about thanks being thankful it was like thank you that we both have our own car we can come to a restaurant and sit down in peace we could eat good food we had the money to pay for you know i mean just i had gas in my car there was times when we were looking on the ground all the time for pennies on the ground to be able to get enough gas to get back up the hill we would coast down the hill <laughs> put 50 cents in the cart to make it back up the hill. And I'm not in that position right now. I mean, I, I, we don't have a lot, but we have enough. And so thank you, Jesus. I have a husband who's saved, who loves the word, loves God, loves me, loves people. He cares about others before himself now. That's something to be thankful about. <laughs> so we'll talk about this again next week as well. But, but um, uh, being thankful, remembering what you're grateful for, get your eyes off of things around us, and instead puts our eyes and hearts in heaven. Let's take an anonymous phone call on line one from San Antonio. You are on the air. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you for taking uh, my call. I want to know, mm -hmm. as Christians, are we allowed to uh, have weapons or defend ourselves? I noticed in Matthew twenty-six fifty-one, it said that one of the followers of Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Uh, is is it? I, well, first, what struck me is that one of his followers was carrying a sword. And then I, I read about St. Stephen uh, blessing those that were murdering him and, and not trying to defend himself. Uh, I also want to know if Jesus uh, forgave Judas for betraying him. And also, um, uh, God created the law. Uh, is God bound by the law that he created? Is he subject to the law that he created? And why did he create the law? Well, deep questions. I can do that. Why don't you uh, listen on the radio, and I will try to. Yes, sir. Um, re I'll try to respond as many uh, to as many of those as I can remember. Remember, although I'm the body of a 45 year old, I'm still really 69. You're 67 years old. Okay. Um, uh, let, let me answer the last question first. Uh, why, why did God create the law? He created the law um, to show who he was, to show his character. But most importantly, Paul says that the, the law was a schoolmaster, sort of a, a, a teacher to lead us to the conclusion that we need Jesus Christ. If God is perfect and the law is a perfect reflection of, of, of God's character, his holy character, that means the standard for heaven is perfection. And the law is the evidence that's before us 
all day, every day that we can't keep it, so we're lost. Oh, wretched man that I am, Paul said, who can rescue me from this body of death? Well, Jesus Christ was the one. I thank my God through Jesus Christ. So the, the law was created to show us our need, our shortcoming, and then our need for Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law perfectly. Um, the law um, comes from the very heart and character and nature of God. So that's really, really an important thing to, to, to consider. Um, the, the, did Jesus forgive Judas? Um, no, he didn't. He was willing to. Right, you remember at the what we call the Last Supper when Jesus said, what you do, do quickly. And Judas would have to go out uh, and then complete the, the act of betrayal. Satan had already entered his heart at that time. Um, but uh, even at that moment, at that moment, only sought it. Judas brought that cohort of Roman soldiers into the garden. They didn't know who Jesus was, so he said, the one I kiss. That's the one that you are to arrest. And when he kissed Jesus, a normal greeting in the culture, kissed him on the cheek, Jesus said, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Even then Judas could have said, what have I done? I'm so sorry. So Judas was not forgiven. Judas was the son of perdition, destined for hell from the beginning of the foundations of the world because of the choices he made, not something God made him do. And yet every step of the way, for three and a half years, Forgiveness was as close as asking. Judas simply didn't want to be forgiven. So Judas is lost, and he's lost forever. Um, question, are we allowed to have weapons or to defend ourselves? The answer to that question is yes. When um, uh, Jesus, you remember, had, had spent some time before the Apparently we are back. We apologize for the technical difficulties and have no idea what happened. We were just talking and then they were gone. Uh, before we get started again, Paula, we uh, let me finish in announcing uh, or answering this uh, question. Uh, the question about, uh, we, we talked about weapons and defense and I think I got cut off uh, in the middle of that. Uh, the one question that I didn't get to that I wanted to answer was, is Jesus... What's the question? Subject. Is Jesus subject to the laws of creation? Jesus is the law. Jesus is the law, anonymous. So it's not a matter of, of um, Jesus having to keep the law. Uh, he is the very nature, the very um, um, incarnation of the law. He's perfect and without sin. And uh, so the law is subject to him. Uh, not him for the law. You know, like with the Sabbath, Jesus said the Sabbath um, was made for man, not the other way around. Well, Jesus is the embodiment of the law. He is perfect. He's holy, bound by nothing. Jesus could be nothing, uh, never was anything other than, other than the fulfillment of the law. So because he kept the law perfectly, we are free from the constraints of the law, and now we're free to serve according to the royal law of love that was demonstrated by Jesus on the cross. Uh, I didn't get that question. Okay, I got cut off just before the question, are we allowed to have weapons uh, or defend ourselves? Um, the answer to that question is yes. Uh, 
Uh, we are allowed to have weapons. We are allowed to defend ourselves. Um, the fact that Stephen was doing his best Jesus impression when he said, lay not this sin to their account. Um, he was just acting like Jesus. Uh, he had no choice. He was going to die. The, the rocks were already upon him. Um, and uh, Jesus stood to receive him in heaven. Uh, we're not Stephen. We're not called to be martyrs. What we're called is not to die for Christ. We're called to live for Christ. We have an ethical and spiritual responsibility to protect ourselves and our families. Um, we have to be wise about the way we do it. We have to understand that rash decisions and temper and anger, we are not righteous men and women. Uh, so we have to be very, very aware uh, that in the need for defense, uh, we can't misrepresent Jesus in the process. But yes, we, we have the right to have weapons and to defend ourselves. So I hope that answers your question. And again, I apologize for the technical difficulties, Anonymous. We got cut off um, right in the middle, but we're back. Okay, Paula. You know, I, I think about that. Um, how many Christians are first responders? You know, like you were saying last night, the rest of us would be running away, and they run too. Um, to rescue and to uh, take those kind of situations. You know, in the, in the biggest news story yesterday, the, the massacre last night uh, at a um, Western bar in uh, Thousand Oaks, California, um, there was a 29-year veteran of the Sheriff's Department uh, just literally a sh very, very short time away from retirement yeah. while people were running out. He was running in and lost his life in the process. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we have uh, police officers in our church body, and I'm glad they've got weapons. I'm glad that they love Jesus. Um, you know, if any of you young men out there are considering careers, you're, you love Jesus, and you're considering, well, what can I do to honor God? Uh, let me suggest to you, um, join the local police force. Um, what a wonderful ministry opportunity. Uh, certainly we need Christians in law enforcement. And uh, yeah, we're allowed to defend ourselves. I'm glad somebody out there is doing it. We live in a fallen world. Yeah. Yep, we do. Anyway, last night's study, I wanted to talk about it. Could you, you say we all are um, programmed to desire greatness. And, what, and then in my, my notes, it says dot, dot, dot. It can be yours, greatness. Um, but what you said is uh, talking about David in Second Samuel 23. Uh, David's rise to power came from God only. He didn't make himself a great man. His exploits um, were designed and led by and empowered by God himself. And um, greatness, these are some of my highlighted notes, greatness only comes if in the middle of God's will. And, um, you know, the great greatness seems to come either through trials, with trials and pain. You know, in those times, uh, we as Christians either draw nearer to God to praise Him, not for the trials and the pain, but in the trial and the pain. You know, like we're saying, you know, look up, look higher, um, kind of get your focus off of you and what's going on. And as difficult as that is, it's possible. Um, and if we don't do that, a lot of us will draw away from him and maybe even flee from him altogether, um, which says, I only loved you if things were going well. 
And again, you said that earlier about our, our relationship, what it really looks like is, do we love Jesus if, if only when things are going well, or do we love Jesus, period? Um, and so you were talking about um, David having never lost the song in his heart even though he's going through trials and tribulations and being chased down and trying, people trying to kill him all the time, he never lost the song in his heart. And it just reminded of me of my, my song, even before I was saved, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And throughout my life in those deep, dark um, times, that song would just come come out of my heart just singing that to him just thanking you and I you know there have been a couple of times where well if you really loved me before I you know grew up in the Lord at all if you really grew if I if you really loved me like the Bible tells me so then why are these things happening you know and then you you stay in the word and you find out these things come as tests in some instances most instances but it's because we live in this Sin, sinful world. Yeah, sinful. and Paul, in David's case, a lot of his pain and trials, and and um, I, I would suggest the same thing is true of of us in our pain and trials. Uh, a lot of them are self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. And um, you know, when the consequences come, we think, well, if you love me, why would you do this? Jesus could say, well, wait a minute. If you love me, you would obey me. Mm-hmm. And so, what we got to do is we got to be able to separate um, the trial that we're in from the question whether or not God loves us. He proved it once and for all. I love the fact, uh, out of the opening verse in Second Samuel 23, that David is forever. You know, we, we tell stories about David, and there, there are two things that we immediately say. Well, he killed Goliath, the giant. Mm-hmm. The other thing is he sinned with Bathsheba. Bathsheba yeah. um, you know, we focus on the, the, the worldly rather than the heavenly. But from God's perspective, in the first verse of Second Samuel 23, it says... From heaven's perspective, he's known as Israel's singer of songs. Mm-hmm. David was uh, probably the greatest worshiper ever. Mm-hmm. And when I said last night that he always has that song in his heart, that song in his heart was his greatness. It wasn't his greatness because he killed a giant. It wasn't his greatness because he could kill Philistines. His greatness was because of that song that he had in his heart. And, and we, if we lose the song in our heart, we're, we're going to miss out on the greatness God has programmed for us. Uh, we're, because of the, the, the uh, um, technical difficulties, we're going to run out of time here. But uh, just a, a word of a little bit of backstory for the audience. Um, when I said last night that uh, we're all instinctively, we know that there's greatness in us. It's not that we're going to do something great. It's the greatness of knowing God mm. and the great things that he wants to do. And I love the fact, Paula, that um, chapter 23 ended with David's mighty men being um, exalted for their, their, their great feats of strength and bravery. Uh, and yet um, we remembered that those men started out in a very bad place. Let's take a phone call and we'll come back okay. to it and maybe close with it. Okay. Well, Verde, Texas, let's go to Greg on line one. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. I enjoyed listening to both you guys on Thursday. It's uh, that's the uh, one of the highlights of my week. Okay. Oh, thanks, Greg. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess my I have a prayer request, and then I want to ask you, uh, how do you 
pray for, I mean, you guys got a bazillion people at your church, I'm sure, whatever thousand, how many thousands it is. With all these needs, um, you know, how do you keep track? How do you pray for so many people? If I were to ask you, my wife and I are in a tough place right now. Uh, after over 30 years of marriage, she's not sure if she wants to be married anymore. Um, we, we were, we've been saved our entire marriage. We got saved, we were saved before we were married and welcome the Lord the whole time and all this. But, um, anyway, um, I would ask you to keep us in your prayer. Her name is, uh, Debbie. And, um, but if you add us to this, how, cause I got people that I'm praying for also, how do you keep it all straight? How do you, do you make a list? Do you just kind of jumble it together and say, Lord, you know, work in these people's lives. How do you do it? Okay, Greg. Thanks. We, we're inside of four minutes, so um, I would encourage maybe call back again tomorrow so we can go into a little more detail. But but let's let Paula start with this, and then then I'll take over for the last couple of minutes of the program. Mm -hmm. uh, what I what I do, I'm not nearly as organized as Ron, and so I end up praying all throughout the day. But I have my more maybe more grouped. Lord, the marriages, the good ones, bless them, keep them together. Um, and just increase their passion one for the other. The ones that are struggling, Lord, I pray for the individuals to um, look to you and fall more in love with you themselves um, and, and pray for their spouse, Lord. Don't let the one who's drifting drift too far. Bring them back, Lord. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do more grouping uh, for prodigals, and it sounds like your wife might even be going toward the prodigal, uh, Draw her, draw them back to you, Lord. Um, for those who aren't saved, I'll do that. But I, I do more, more groups. And then throughout the day, as I, as I go throughout my day, I'll see somebody that reminds me of a certain person. I'll say, oh, let me pray for that person right now. So. Yeah, great for me. First of all, I'll, I'll be praying for you and Debbie. God just kind of deposited you in my heart uh, when when uh, when you called. So I will be praying for you. But let me ask you something else. Send me a picture of you and Debbie. Uh, you can send it to the church address. And um, uh, I asked for that. I ask for that because I have a prayer wall in my office with pictures, and I start my days uh, every day in front of that prayer wall. And that's how I remember. And every prayer is connected to other prayers. The people are connected to other people. Now, you said thousands. We don't have thousands in our church. We've probably got a church of 1,200 adults or so. We've got a small building. Um, but with all of the prayer requests and things, um, uh, I, those pictures help me. And then I also pray as I walk or as I'm out running. And there are places that I get to. That, that equate with people that I pray to. So I'm constantly praying for people, and I do a pretty good job of keeping people in prayer. So if you'll send me a picture, um, or you can send it via uh, online to questions at Calvary SA if you know how to do that technically. My, my guy's telling me that that can be done. Uh, <laughs> I promise you, you and Debbie will be on our prayer list. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there's any other way that we can help you, please let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, I will be praying for you and Debbie beginning um, beginning tomorrow morning. I just did. And so um, my on my prayer list, a lot of you radio listeners, I'm still praying for Alan, your Muslim friend, Pastor Ron. And Ola, her baby is coming soon. Yeah, praise the Lord. Well, we ran out of time again. We apologize for the technical difficulties. We have no idea what happened. But thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the date, the edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. See you then.
Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The word to stand on for life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.